Hello and welcome to episode number 38 of the Hobbies and Happiness Podcast, where we talk all about the hobby that makes us happy, tabletop gaming. I'm one of your hosts, Dan. And I'm Jim. And today we're talking about why you guys should check out expandable and living card games. Do you have a, did you enjoy the Super Bowl? We yeah. were we were just talking about that not, not that long ago. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I was actually at Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, you were? Yeah. Um, How was that? It was uh it was fun. Yeah. Um I had a burger for the first time from that place. I'm like Really? Yeah. I never Dude, had a burger bur- there. Okay. All right. What did you think? Uh I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. At first when I looked at it, I thought it was like a steak burger um okay. set up, but uh I what, don't think it really was. What kind of burger kind of, was it? Uh, it was just, I just got a double cheeseburger. Just a regular, okay. <laughs> yeah. So um, when COVID hit, first hit yeah. a couple of years back, um, you know, we were getting a lot of takeout and mm-hmm. a lot of the, the, the pickup. And I had a ton of Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> uh, then. And um, the burger that I – and I still – anytime I get Buffalo mm-hmm. Wild Wings normally, this is what I get now. Yeah. I get the uh, the Southwest burger. Um, oh, man, I can't remember what's on it. But it is it is so good. Like I get that and then we get some of the um, – some of their boneless wings. I can't remember the mm-hmm. sauce I normally get. But, mm-hmm. uh, dude, I love buff- – I love me some Buffalo <laughs> Wild Wings. Yeah, normally if I'm getting wings, it's either, it's either mild or honey barbecue. One of those two. Okay. Yeah. We honey barbecue is what we normally mm-hmm. get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, did you? Who'd you have in the Super Bowl? Did you care who won? No, I, I didn't care at all. Yeah, when I first went there, I was like, I don't even know who's in the Super Bowl. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I just knew that uh, who was going to be in the halftime show. I'm like, oh, that's beca- I really wanted it to see because that. it was the best halftime show it was, ever. It was cool. <laughs> uh, I saw I saw something on Facebook or Facebook, Twitter. I, I saw this going around, but. Uh, it was like boomers. This is the worst halftime show ever. Everyone else, this was the best halftime show ever. <laughs> that what? And so I, I'm sitting here with like my parents, and I, there was a bunch of people here yeah. at at, uh, at at our house for our party. Me, me, and my friends, we were just like <laughs> we yeah. were we were rapping with them. We're like, yes, these are our champs. <laughs> yeah. So what what did you guys so many what did songs. you guys think about about the halftime show? I'd be mm-hmm. I'd be very curious to know. Let us know. Um, all right, but before we continue talking about football <laughs> today, we are talking about expandable and living card games. Yeah. And if you're hearing that term, you might be thinking, what in the world are those? So we've touched on we've touched on this a little bit um, in the past. Um, we've actually played we've a played bit. we've, we've played a, a little times. bit on the on the channel. We've played Marvel yeah. Champions once. Excuse me. I mean, we're we're gonna be playing it some more. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, go check that out. Um, and here in the card, we'll uh, we'll put a link to that video. That game is so much fun. It's <laughs> I can't a lot wait of to fun. play it again. And um, so I, I've been wanting to talk about. I, I've kind of been wanting to do it, like like a deep dive per se into into this 
format, basically, of card games. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we're doing today. So um, let's but before before we continue, before we get into it, um, le- uh, if you like if you like the podcast and if you're watching us on YouTube, go ahead leave us a like uh, that helps that helps us out in the YouTube algorithm um, and le- leave us a comment as well. Um, if there's other topics you want us you want to see us tackle, uh, leave a comment. Let us know. <laughs> um, we are continually adding to our episode uh, lists of ideas um, and kind of uh, things that we want to talk about here. So go ahead leave us a comment. And shoot us an email. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or any of the podcast apps, go ahead, leave us a review. Leave us a five-star review. We will read it on the show. Um, but uh, the more likes, more interaction we get, the more people we can reach. So we greatly appreciate that. And if you're watching us on YouTube, go ahead and sub- hit that subscribe button uh, so you can see all of our new content when it appears. All right. So let's let us let us jump into it. Um, back in episode 20 of the podcast, we we dove into basically why we loved and enjoy card games. Mm-hmm. Um, what we're going to talk about on this episode we're, is kind of like why we love card games 2.0, kind of just because um, a lot of the topics that we brought up then, we're kind of doing a deeper dive into it now. We're going to define yeah. a lot of things here. Um, but if you haven't yet, go check that out. Um, yeah, episode 20. Um, but card games is like, it's why... I, I think it's why we both really got into the genre in this space. Yeah. Um, so, and if you if you listen to that episode, you'll hear Jim's story of how he got into card games. And Jim, what was the first card game that you played? Uh, Hardcore, basically. It was it was pretty much Yu Gi Oh. Yeah. What for, got me into it? Yeah, and for me, it was Magic: The Gathering. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about that on that episode. So if you want to hear that, go check that out. Um, but for Jim, Jim, for you, you went basically like from Yu-Gi-Oh to magic, right? Yeah. There was a few stops in between yeah. playing other card games, but yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, it was basically just all magic, <laughs> not all magic, but that was what like magic was why I got into this space. Yeah. Um, and so when we talk, I, I feel like when anybody talks about card games, like for, for people who've been around for a while, and honestly, even for people who haven't, when they think of card games, they probably think of the big three. Mm-hmm. The big three being Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh!, and Pokemon. Excuse me. Um, I, I like Those are the big three that really anybody talks about really yeah. right when, when yeah. they talk about card games i mean there's a ton of other ones it's normally depending on like the country it goes back and forth yes. between magic the gathering and mm-hmm. uh and Yu-Gi-Oh. Yep. but i also know that in china there's actually not a whole lot of magic players oh, okay so uh i don't know if you remember a few years ago they came out with like a uh, a dual deck setup mm-hmm. for a it was a green planeswalker along with a blue one like uh, Yu Lang or something along those lines. Yu Yangling. Yeah, that's yes. it. Uh, so they came Great out with Planeswalker. that. They Great came out with that specifically to target more people in China. Oh. So in China, I think it actually might be more Yu Gi Oh and Pokemon for being their top two. Yeah, which which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're gonna get into the history here in a minute, and you'll probably understand why. So Magic the Gathering. Um, was created by Richard Garfield um, and is now owned by Wizards of the Coast, which is Mm -hmm. a subsidiary of Hasbro, in 1993. If you go back into our podcast episode 8, we talked all about Magic the Gathering, (laughs) so go check that out. Magic the Gathering was the first trading card game. The first one. Um, And so 
for you know, rightly so, it's always, especially here in the U.S., mm-hmm. it is real. It's like the pinnacle of card games. And like when I say pinnacle of card games, like I don't mean like it's it's the best card game ever. <laughs> like I mean that that is strictly su- that's always a subjective argument, right? But it it it, it, it it's something to be said that for it being the first one and it's still around and one of the biggest at mm-hmm. least in the United States. Yeah. There's definitely something to be said about that. So got a couple stats here. Um uh as of December 2018 there was approximately 35 million players of Magic, <laughs> okay? Um it's estimated that over 20 billion Magic cards were produced between the years of 2008 and 2016. Um, these are all taken from Wikipedia, so you can go check out the Wikipedia entry there. Um, and then also there's this other, there's this New Yorker article um, called "25 Year Journey of Magic: The Gathering." Um, definitely go check that out. And I think in that episode, uh, episode eight, where we talked about magic, um, I think we brought in a couple. We talked about a couple other uh, articles. Um, so if you check out the show notes, you can go check out those links as well. Um, but that New Yorker article was interesting. Because uh, there is a match, he's a football player, Cassius Marsh. Yes. All right. Um, but there's there, the art, uh, you know, we're talking about a New Yorker article, right? And if you're <laughs> familiar with the New Yorker, the New Yorker at all, you, you'll know that the New Yorker is pretty famous for like the political cartoons that are in there. Um, they brought it into that article as well. So the artwork <laughs> in that article is really cool. But there's this, there's a picture of Cassius Marsh that he uses. Uh, it's, I think it's his Twitter handle, um, but he was, he had it on social media for a while at least. Um, but it, that was, that was where it came from was that New Yorker article. So uh, when I was reading the article, okay. I'm like, oh, that is so cool. I did not know that. <laughs> um, so, so that was kind of cool. Um, okay. So the next one of the big three, we've got Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! was created in 1999, created by manga artist Kazuki Takahashi and Konami. Um, so, oh, this is a run-on sentence. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, okay, it was named the top-selling card game in the world by Guinness World Records on July 7th, 2009, having sold over 22 billion cards worldwide. The January 2021 estimate is about 35 billion cards worldwide and grossed over $9.64 billion. And again, that w- this is all taken from Wikipedia. That's dude. That's crazy. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> like that. That that's absolutely insane to me. Um, okay, and I, I don't want to spend like a lot of time on this. I just kind of want to like run through these here. Um, but and then Pokemon trading card game. Oh, all right. Before we get into yes, Pokemon, for sure, for sure. For Yu Gi Oh, I don't know if yeah. you know this, but Probably there is not. a season zero for Yu Gi Oh. Right. Okay. It has nothing to do with the card game. Right. It's what it what is so, it? So it's the manga of oh, okay. when um when Yugi pretty much first gets the puzzle, right? Okay. And a Tam takes over. Spoilers, his name's a Tam rather than Yami. Um <laughs> and so uh he this 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 dark evil pharaoh essentially takes over his body and he starts to play games with bullies or just bad people in the world. Okay. Or in Japan. Okay. And he puts them into these shadow games and it'll be like he puts a stack of money on the back of their hand, right? Okay. And you have a knife. So you have oh to stab goodness. through 
to see how much money you can get, right? Okay. <laughs> and so, um, long story short, the bully uh, is able to stab through all the money and get it. Okay. And then he's like, wait, why would I just take this one? I can also take yours and kill you. <laughs> so then he pulls the knife out on on Yugi, right? <laughs> and then he he I sends knew- yeah he oh, sends man. him to the shadow realm, which is a thing. <laughs> he he straight up kills this dude. He <laughs> holy it's, cow! It's dark. <laughs> Who knew Yu Gi Oh was that dark? I thought yeah. it was like a kid show. Yeah, season zero was dark. Holy cow! And and like that's owned by Konami. Uh, at that time, I don't know exactly who oh, owned it, man. Um, but yeah, yeah, dude, that's crazy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, I'll show you the mangas for it. Okay. I think it's at the library. I okay. Find out. So, uh, yeah, I want to, I want to see that. <laughs> dude, that's awesome. So that is, that, that is Yu-Gi-Oh! Season Zero. Yeah. Season Zero. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. That's crazy. <laughs> okay, so Pokemon. Let's talk about a not dark thing. But, I mean, there's definitely, like, fan content of Pokemon. Yeah. That's, that's really dark. But anyway. Well, some Pokemon have dark lore to them. Yes, yeah. yes. Poke- Dude, I love Pokemon. Pokemon <laughs> Pokemon has a history. Mm-hmm. Um, so Pokemon, uh, the trading card game, okay, was first published in October of 1996 by Media Factory in Japan. Now, it was first published in the U.S. initially by Wizards of the Coast, okay? And I believe they still publish the Pokemon trading, the, the actual cards. I forget. They, but but right now, it's <laughs> it's all the Pokemon company. Yeah. I think. Okay. So, as of March 2021, the game has sold over 34.1 billion cards worldwide. Ooh. So, needless to say, it's relatively popular. Now, um, Pokemon's always so be real popular. quick, actually, I was reading this, Yu-Gi-Oh! Mm-hmm. There was a, a lawsuit f- from Konami against the Upper Deck Company oh, okay. for selling counterfeit Yu-Gi-Oh! Oh. cards. Because wow. I believe initially Upper Deck had the um, like the sole production rights for the in the United States mm-hmm. and then for some reason they were selling counterfeit Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Okay. Um yeah, That's this weird. was all I found all of this in Wikipedia. Um so take that take that for what it is. Like I just take that for what it is. It is Wikipedia. There was also something set up like a lawsuit between Yu-Gi-Oh and Magic the Gathering because they're now spell cards, mm-hmm. which was their green cards, uh, used to be called magic cards. Ah, uh, yes. So I, yes. I thought that's the one you're gonna. Yes, bring up. <laughs> I, I, I did. Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so, so, the, so those are the big three: yeah. uh, Magic, Konami, Pokemon. As you can see, they've been around for a while, all pre 2000s, and in the case of Magic, early 90s. Yeah. Um, I think I think that is so cool. Like I I really do. I think a game that has started in 1993 is still really popular. Yeah. Um I know the popularity, you know, rises and falls, but the fact that these games are still so popular and even their digital client they have digital games, the yeah. digital clients and those are still They're extremely all popular as well too. I mean Magic has both Magic Arena and MTGO. Mm-hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh has so many different with with the newest being 
uh, man, what is it? Ma- Master Duel. Master Duel. That's but what they it is. also had a lot of Game Boy yeah. games as well. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. whether it was the original right. Game Boy, right. DS, you know. Right. And same with Pokemon. Yeah. You know, Pokemon, again, again, when I'm speaking Pokemon, I'm strictly talking the trading card game. Yeah. has a lot of mobile games through their history. Mm-hmm. And now the Pokemon trading card game is amazing to play on uh, digital devices. Yeah. It's it is fantastic. I believe the TCG online is on phone, correct? Um, it okay. So it it's like not on my phone. Tablet? It's on tablet. Oh, okay. so I couldn't get it on my phone, mm-hmm. but I do have it on my tablet. I believe. Uh, so there's some games like Pokemon where you can only play it on like your tablet. Mm-hmm. Again, it's all dependent upon the whoever's developing that. A specific version and what devices they bring it to. Yeah. So, but again, dude, I, I just think it's awesome the fact that 2022, <laughs> there's so many different ways to play these games that initially, you know, we just were sitting at with a table and that was it. Like, it's so cool. Technology I, I, is a hell of a drug. It, it huh? is. And it's so cool. <laughs> um, all right. So, so when card games first started becoming popular, okay, the only real model, like, how they were made for them mm-hmm. was as a trading or collectible game, like these big three that we talked about. Um, I mean, this really was seen, I think, as the best model mm-hmm. for the publishers, like as it made them the most money, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because if you think about, and again, back in the early '90s and even the mid '90s, like the these these games i mean we we talk we talk now like 2022 there's so many different card games right yeah. so many different and even ccgs collectible card games and tcgs trading card games which is these big 3 right like now you have those you also i mean you've got flesh and blood is like a new quote unquote up Number and comer it's it is a fantastic <laughs> game. You have Card Fight Vanguard. You have Force of. There's so many. There's a lot. Force of is not one anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, it's you can still play it. Like, yeah, it, yeah, You okay. know, it, it was it was a thing. I mean, there was a there's a there's a. Um, I don't know if it's still alive, but it's a Final Fantasy oh, trading yeah, card game yeah. as well. I, um, I think they're still making stuff for it, but mm-hmm. with uh, Force of Will, it's actually per, still pretty big in Japan. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the other thing, too, is like the market. Like, which market mm-hmm. are we talking about? Yeah. Because you've got Japan and the United States, two completely different markets yeah. of even just card games yeah. and what's popular where. There is also another game that Wizards of the Coast had more recently called Duel Masters or Kaijudo. Mm-hmm. And um, it was first called Duel Masters, and then they rebranded to Kaijudo. And it's no longer being made in the U.S. or in any, um, you know, uh, English-speaking countries, whatever right. you want to call it. Right, right, um, right. It's only being made in Japan. Oh, okay. And I believe it's still under the name Duel Masters. Oh, okay. And it's not even Kaijudo there. Oh, okay. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So... Like I said, you know, it really was seen as the best model for the publisher as it made them the most money because it kept the customer coming back for more, mm-hmm. right? Because that model is – it's it's the booster pack model, yeah. right? You have boxes. You know, you've got booster boxes and within each booster box is a pack. You mm-hmm. don't know what you're going to get in the pack. Like – and it's still a thing like for Magic. In each pack of Magic, you have one Mythic or rare, one mythic or rare, um, X amount of uncommons and then X amount of commons mm-hmm. and a land slash token. Yeah. Oh, I think you definitely get a land and then a token. 
I, I, I think that's how it goes. Or an advertising card, I think. Yeah, right? and, and they change that from set to set. Mm-hmm. And you know, like you know what the pack distribution is going to be ahead of time before you buy a pack. Like yeah. you know the rarity of the card that you're going to get. So it's 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 essentially gambling. Is it's, it's really what it, it is, is. Because, because you don't know what you're going to get. It's a loot box. I was just going <laughs> to say that like in video game terms now, it's it's loot boxes. Yeah. And loot boxes in talking about video games are not making the player base very happy. Mm-hmm. Um so <coughs> Yeah, there's me. there's actually some countries that straight out ban the loot box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I get it. I mean, I, I don't like personally, I don't like it when stuff's banned, but again, I can understand the customer frustration because you're spending <laughs> a lot of money and mm-hmm. you're still not getting, you're still not getting what you're seeking out to get. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that time, right. It, that doing this model, the TCG and CCG model, right, is what is what we're calling it. Like it meant that only big name publishers really could afford to design, print, and sell these types of products. Mm-hmm. Like it really hindered the ability for anybody else to make these types of games. Now, whether that, like trying to keep anyone else, was a part of what they were trying to do, I don't know. Like, was that a thing? Maybe. But I, I don't know. I have no data to back that up. Mm-hmm. Um, it very well could be. I and mean, what do you think? Do you think that was an actual thing? Or do you think – like I think mm. because this was a relatively new type of product, product slash game, yeah. that they, they were all figuring it out as they went. And I don't think there really was the malicious intent to try and keep anybody else out. I mean I – like it could be, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> um, especially for magic, like they were kind of just going with it. Right. Um, you know, and then you could also say for, because Pokemon came out in 96 pretty much, and then Yu-Gi-Oh! 99. Right. Um, and yeah, again, those no were clue. big companies too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So they were probably like, you know, looking at the resources they had. Hey, yeah. this is something we can get into and make money. We have an IP that we can use. Now, so Yu-Gi-Oh, do you know, like, was the manga Yu-Gi-Oh created at the same time? I actually did not look into this. Like, was the Yu-Gi-Oh manga around before do, the actual card game? I do not remember which one, like, came first. Okay. Um yeah, I don't because know. because like if you think of, like nowadays there's card games being made left and right mm-hmm. that are based off of existing IPs intellectual properties yeah and that's easier to do than coming up with a brand new IP <laughs> and then be like hey we are building a card game yeah. out based off of I don't know root for example I'm looking at root right right over there right like Disney a princesses yeah right exactly <laughs> like that is. An, that is a, an infinitely easier thing to do yeah. than coming up with brand new characters. I'd only play Frozen. That's, <laughs> yeah, and Mulan. Would. And Mulan, yeah. <laughs> Mulan? You like Mulan too? Yeah, yeah I like Mulan. Mul- uh, yeah, Mulan was a, was a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite was Eddie Murphy in that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I am I'm a dragon. I don't Dra- do that tongue thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, dude, that's I gotta watch that movie again. It's been a while yeah. since I've seen that. This the the Mulan two is actually not terrible either. It's actually kind of funny. I don't think have I've you seen, seen it. That. No, I actually I, saw. I did I, recently see the live action one, which I thought was okay. I haven't seen it yet. Jimmy Wong is in that movie. I've yeah, heard, I've heard. I, I pointed that have, out to my girlfriend. Does he have a big part in it? <laughs> um, his part was actually bigger than I thought, oh, but it's cool. not like a you know a very big part. Yeah. So yeah, I haven't seen it. I have not seen that movie. Yeah. Um. I mean, I heard mixed reviews, <clears throat> but I want to see just because Jimmy Wong's in it. To be <laughs> if the, you guys honestly. don't know, Jimmy Wong is a part of a very big Magic the Gathering mm-hmm. podcast slash YouTube, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Um. He is. It's a game nights or command zone. Command zone is the name of the, sh- and, of the channel. Yeah, so just one of their big things is yeah, game nights. It's game nights. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um. That was like the. That was the show that got me into Commander. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they are, they have grown massively. One mm-hmm. of one of my goals is to get Jimmy and Josh as guests on the podcast. Ooh. That is that is like that's up there. And then we play that a four. Then we play Commander. Oh yeah, two headed giant. I got Jimmy on my team. <laughs> Hey, if I've got Josh, I I am. We're just going to play mono red. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you would. Oh, that's funny. That, no, but like that—that's a goal. That is a goal. I would, that'd I would, I, that'd be awesome. That would be like, that'd be so cool. Uh, yeah. I'm like fanboying over here a little bit. It's really, it's it's cool. I I really enjoy those guys so much. I I, res- I respect I respect the two of them so much. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, we'll we'll just leave it there. Or else <clears throat> we're gonna get off track. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. I I don't I don't really think. Um, go- going back to the the TCG and CCG model, I don't really think that there was any malicious intent mm. by by these publishers, like to to keep other people out. Um, yeah. It was just it was it was new, it was new. Um, and Richard Garfield is a genius. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, like it, he is. <laughs> Excuse me, but there's really like nothing else to say. I, like landed right now to go away. All right. Do you um, know what you're doing, Dan? No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So the other thing, too, I mean, like this was well before the Kickstarter revolution. Yep. So like the only way you could make these games like <laughs> was you had to have a big company. Yeah. And there's there's a, actually a lot of articles out there like that talk about that. Like nobody like not anybody could make a game if they wanted to mm-hmm. like nowadays right you know so many small market designers and publishers just weren't they weren't around but they just did not have the capability to do that because they didn't have access to the capital mm-hmm. that these large giant corporations did and that was just the re- that that was the reality of the situation back then period so yeah i mean it's when you look at the history it's really interesting just to see where, like, if you look at where we're at now, looking back to where we came from, really all card games now really are standing on the shoulders of Magic, Pokemon, and Yu-Gi-Oh. And honestly, Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon are standing on Magic's shoulders, <laughs> I think, like, I think. Um, but they've all done things a little bit differently. So really, they are yeah, I was gonna the say, Especially, work. like, how the card games are played. Like, they're... Mm-hmm. Oh, all three of them are drastically different. Yes, for sure. So, yep. All right. So, so the next thing let let's let's actually define our terms. Okay. Yes. So, 
Um, so what different, we're going to talk about what different types of card games are there. So card games, if you ever see CG, that's usually reference to a card game, right? So what types of CGs are there and what are some of the games, okay? So the big three, all right? So Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, those are trading and, coll- and or collectible card games. So TCGs or CCGs, mm-hmm. that is what the big three are. Uh, now also look at Flesh and Blood is one of the bi- uh, big ones now, yep. Fab. Um, that is a type of trading or collectible card game. Those terms, again, really they are used interchangeably. Yeah. Um, especially now, um, the other thing that I didn't put in here, but I do want to mention is nowadays, um, like the black market, like I say the black market, right. But the secondary market (laughs) for the, for TCGs and CCGs, because really the only way you could get a card again, back in the day was I got to buy more packs. I got to buy more packs or you found somebody who had it and you had to trade it to them. Right. Mm -hmm. For I have something you want. You have something (laughs) I want. Like, so let's, let's make a deal. Um, but now you have websites, businesses built all completely around the use of the secondary markets. Mm -hmm. Uh, That speaks to how popular these games are. Like when you have businesses like tcgplayer.com, like um, Card Kingdom, mm-hmm. like that's what they're built on. It's also like, my favorite part of these card games. Buying cards? <laughs> or just knowing the prices of these cards. Oh, yeah, the markets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like the, I love the market. It, it, the market, it, again, that's – it's – there's so many things that <laughs> that go into card games. It's crazy. All right. So we talk about TCGs, TCGs. All right. Next, we talk about deck building games. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit different, but um, especially in this type of conversation. But actually, we have a whole episode dedicated to all about deck building games. That is episode number 12. So a deck building game. Okay. It's a card game or board game where construction of a deck is a main element of gameplay. Deck building games are similar to collectible card games in that each player has their own deck. However, unlike CCGs, the cards are not sold in randomized packs, and the majority of the deck is built during the game instead of before the game. So again, if you're not familiar, like TCGs and CCGs, typically you have a very, very large card pool like of the cards that are available for you to use and you build a deck of let's say 40 or 50 cards whatever whatever it is you you build that beforehand you bring it to the tournament or whatever mm-hmm. and you play duck building games are very cool and again we've played a lot of them on the channel duck building games are some of my favorite card games but you have your starting cards and then you build the deck during the game there's a lot of different ones, um, but some of the big ones, you have DC deck building game, which was my first one. Um, you have legendary, different types of legendary. You've got James Bond legendary now, <laughs> which is really cool. Alien, Predator. Alien, Predator, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> you have Big Trouble in Little China. Mm-hmm. That's uh, And there's a Firefly one, too, oh, which okay. that's really hard to get. That's really hard to get your hands I'm on. I'm not surprised. Yeah. And then you've got Dominion and then Ascension. Dominion's been around for forever. Mm-hmm. Um, Ascension is fantastic, too. I believe Dominion was the first deck builder. Yeah, Dominion, and if you really were to look up uh, deck building games, um, what you'd really find is Dominion was like the first deck yeah. builder. Um, so a lot of those deck building games, they look to Dominion and what Dominion did. And the fact that they're still making exp- I think they're still making expansions for Dominion. Yeah. There's like 20 or so odd boxes now. It's fun. It is, it really is fun. Um, I, 
anybody who pl- enjoys card games, I always recommend getting into deck builders. Mm-hmm. It's super easy. Just buy your box and then go. Um, it's it's very cool. Um, okay, so we talk about deck builders and then we talk about expandable slash living card games. Okay, so personally, like I think <clears throat> all of the card games that we're talking about, they really are expandable expandable in nature, right? Meaning the card pool is continually expanded by the addition of more and more cards. Mm -hmm. But we do want to keep that term expandable card game like really reserved. Why is the term living card game is actually a trademarked term by Fantasy Flight Games. So they, they've got, and they actually have an article written all about it. Um, and I'm going to read, read like the first two paragraphs here. So a living card game, LCG, it offers an innovative fixed distribution method that breaks away from the traditional CCG or collectible card game model. While LCGs still offer the same dynamic expanding and constantly evolving gameplay that makes CCGs so much fun. They do away with the deterrent of the blind buy purchase model that has burned out so many players, like we've talked about. The end result is an innovative mix that gives you the best of both worlds. Again, the best of both worlds, like that's always subjective, obviously, but as marketing material, what do you expect, right? <laughs> um, so again, LCG is, is trademarked. Right. But when we say or honestly, really, when anybody says an expandable card game or a living card game, right, what they really mean is you buy your you buy a box, you buy your product and then you have everything you need. Mm -hmm. That's really what is meant by LCG or a living card game or an expandable card game. Um, And like the reason that uh, Fantasy Flight went to the term living card game is they're like, yeah, we're always bringing out new product and the story is is ever evolving and it's a living thing constantly. Well, like I get it. Um, Like and and it may it makes business sense. Like it does make sense to like trademark the term. It makes sense. Um, So like the initial draw of these games, these expandable and living card games is that they're more affordable and you know exactly what you're going to get. Again, I, I'm going to say more affordable. But again, like there really is a difference between I'm going to buy a box, I know exactly what's in it, and, and if Jim and I both buy a box, we're getting the exact same thing. Yep. Versus he buys five booster packs, I buy five booster packs. I'm not going to do that. I want to buy singles. Yeah, yeah. Don't buy packs. Buy <laughs> I'd rather singles. spend that twenty five, however much twenty twenty five dollars on singles. Right, exactly. Right, but you don't know. You don't know what you're gonna get. Yep. Like there is, it is fun. It is fun. I've popped my share of booster packs <laughs> and boxes, Same. plenty. It, it is fun, but it do, it doesn't make sense. Again, again. Let, let me actually let me preface that. <laughs> Depending on what your goal is. It normally does not make financial sense for you to bust open packs. Yeah. But, like, if your goal is I'm opening them to resell them, a completely different story, right? And it is fun. I'm not going to lie. It's fun (laughs) opening the packs. Um, But if you are purchasing the packs because you're looking for a single, a certain card, it's better to go into the secondary market to buy singles. Yep. It is. Um, That is why... Businesses like 
uh, Card Kingdom and TCGPlayer.com. That is why they exist. Even Channel Fireball and, mm-hmm. and Star City Games. Like, that's a big part of their business, too. Um, that's why they exist. That's part of why they exist. Uh, because it makes sense. Um, it's like, it, it's, it is like, it is the best thing to do, I think. If you're so you could, I think you could also get this stuff on, on Amazon and eBay as you well. You can now. Well, yeah. E- yeah, I mean, eBay is, is another yeah, eBay's secondary. had it for a while. Yeah, eBay's um, had, a, had it for a while too, yeah. Which I think if we had a, an affiliate link, <laughs> this for, would be great. Yeah, it would. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Amazon just started selling... Um, and and actually, this was a big thing when this happened. Like it was a big mm-hmm. thing in the magic community. Um, people were not happy because they were starting to cut out more um, uh, LGSs, local yeah. game stores, because Amazon is just getting big. And like personally, like I I know the value that LGS and like that's one of our goals. Like we want to have an LGS. Yep. I know the value that an LGS brings and. It's very hard for small businesses to compete with people like Amazon. So, like, we have affiliate codes for Amazon, mm-hmm. um, and and I probably don't say this enough, but if you can support your LGS first, like support your LGS first if you can, like if there if it's a great store and there it's a it's a great community, support them first mm-hmm. before you support us by using our affiliate codes for like Amazon and stuff. Um, because honestly, <clears throat> I feel like I cannot, I can't in good conscience, not say, <laughs> not say that because we know the importance of local communities. That's for sure. It is. It, it's so vital to the health of these games that we love that it's, you really, you have to definitely, if you can support your LGS by buying from them, Right, and then if you don't have one, yeah, I'll definitely be. We'd love to. We'd love it for you to support us by using our affiliate codes. But definitely support your LGS because it's 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 very important. Do um, you know about the thing uh, some terrible people are doing with the Amazon magic boxes? No, with resealing oh, and then returning yeah. them. No. And these people who are working at Amazon don't know. Like that they're doing this or even possibly what to be looking for. Yeah, no. There's been a lot of people that have gotten now uh, boxes from Amazon opening it up and they're like, these have been resealed. Jeez. Yeah. I I did not know about that. It doesn't surprise me. It, it really does not surprise yeah. me. When I learned about that, I'm like, when did you hear, when did you hear about that? Um, I want to say a few months ago now. Okay. Like none of none of that. But I don't know how long they've been doing it. If I heard about this a few months yeah, ago, yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so there's there's uh, there's two articles. Um, um, one is entitled "What the Heck is a Living Card Game," and then the other one is "What the Heck is a Living Card Game?" Four years later. So the guy who wrote it, um, the initial article, Brian K. Is all, is all it says. Brian K. He actually went on to work for Fantasy Flight Games. Oh wow! <laughs> so I think he knew a little bit of what he was talking <laughs> about of what um, what a living card game was. Um, so I'm gonna link those. You can go check those out. Um, but it gives you kind of a very it's a very brief and very quick rundown of what living card games are. Kind of what we're talking about. Um, 
I just I really I think it's funny that the guy the original author went on to work uh, for uh, Fantasy <laughs> Flight. Um, but I do want to bring up I do want to talk about the uh, the one that was four years later because they do bring up some they brought some interesting stuff. Um, so it's like four years later, um, and they they were like basically nothing has changed. <laughs> But on an, on a whole other level, everything is changed. Type thing like living card games as a, I mean, I don't really know what to call it. Like, do you call it a format? Like, it basically kind of is a format, yeah. um, or like a genre. Yeah, it's, a genre. it's like it's like a subgenre of card games, mm-hmm. right? Um, um, so okay, so with that, there's a there are a couple of there's a couple of card games that I do want to touch on. The first being Marvel Champions. Yes. So we've played Marvel. Uh, we've talked about we've played Marvel Champions. We're getting into that more. Um, but Marvel Champions was announced in August of 2019. So a few notes: there's there's three campaign expansions or big box expansions. There's another one recently announced, Sin- Sinister Motives. That's a Spider-Man themed one. Um, there's 18 hero expansions out with five heroes in the core box. And two heroes per big box. So that would make for a total of 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28 total heroes, playable heroes that you can play. There's four separate scenario packs that have been released as well. Um, and then, so Marvel Champions is is a single player and or a co-op experience. Mm-hmm. So you can play it solo or you and a friend or multiple friends can play through it together. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I know I said, I, I know I said expandable living card games are one of the draws that are more affordable, but when you go through, <laughs> there's 50 boxes of stuff out there that you can buy. You're like, bro, I'm not about to drop $500 so I can have so just so I can have everything. But they're like affordable. Yeah. But right. then I'm like, oh, you want to play modern and drop like a grand on one, one deck, deck. One deck. <laughs> one deck of cards in modern for magic and a thousand dollars is like the low end. No, it's not. Okay. It's, yeah, not. No, it's not. You're right. You're uh, right. I've been, like burn and, but uh, I'm, 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 th- I'm like thinking about like commander and like blinged oh. out commander decks. Yeah. If we're talking about competitive commander, you're, you're looking at at least like three K. Yeah. You're yes, hundred yeah. percent. That's a lot, but, but no, not a lot of people. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. Not a lot of people in my circles, I'll, I will add that qualifier in there. Uh, not a lot of people in my circles play competitive commander. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that, that's not wrong. Like 3K, yeah, that's that that's a thing. Say, so what is it? Uh, time Twister? That's like 2.3K for a, a bad copy? Well, I mean, plus all the fa- all the fetch lands. Yeah, I was just, all I was the just fetch talking lands. about Time Twister. Oh, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Right. Is it really? I, th- I think it's around that price point. Oh yeah, goodness. yeah, like the, the the extra turns uh, mm-hmm. decks. Yeah, those those ones. Yeah, those ones are crazy. Okay, um, and then you've got Arkham Horror, the card game. It's another one that was announced in August of 2016. There are seven different cycles for that game. So each cycle had its initial deluxe expansion. With six additional story packs. So the initial expansion like had your initial story elements plus your um, uh, investigator, your initial investigators okay. that were from that set. Okay. 
and then the story the story expansions or the the additional story cycles like finished out that story. Um, so now <clears throat> they have a return to boxes. So like redoing, not redoing the story, but mm. here you can replay through the story again. But here's some of these other cards that you can throw into it. And now what they're actually doing is, is that like a new game plus, kind of, yes, yeah. kind of. And now what they're also doing is they're combining, they're combining all of the player slash investigator cards in their own separate box and having all the story elements in their own separate mm. box. So as opposed to doing, um, so Edge of the Earth is the most recent um, expansion for that game. So as opposed to doing the, the the release that they normally were doing with the deluxe expansions and then the story the story packs going on, they're combining everything and just do, doing two separate boxes mm. for all the player cards in one and the story elements in the other. So as opposed to having to worry about seven different um, products, you're basically going to have to worry about two. Right. Well, I guess – well, the return to is still separate because that's like – that's still coming after it. Um, so those two Marvel Champions and Arkham Horror, there's, there's plenty of other living card games, but those are like probably two of the most popular at the moment, Mm -hmm. at the moment of the recording. And then Ashes Reborn is an expandable, again, expandable card game, not a living card game, but it's still that similar type of model. But this is not like a story, like it's not based on like it's a story driven experience. It's more competitive. It's one v one competitive, uh, much more akin to Magic: The Gathering. Now, one of the um, interesting things about Ashes is instead of having your resources as cards in your deck, a la Magic, uh, all the lands from Magic, yep. your resources are dice, which is very, which is cool. It's a, it's an interesting concept. So roll your dice. That's the resource that you have to play with for that phase slash turn. Yeah. And go ahead. Oh, I was going to say this, this game has been one of my favorites for, for a bit now, mm-hmm. but I'm terrible at it. <laughs> I just really like to play it. <laughs> um, so originally ashes, I mean, ashes came out actually a while ago, mm-hmm. um, but it was brought back by the guys, well, the guys from Team Covenant helped to bring it back, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so right now, like, if you want to basically get into that game, you sign up for for a list, and then you're basically sent the product. Not sent it, but, like, you're buying it, right? Yeah. But it basically gives them a way to gauge the popularity of, of the game, right? Um, so that's – Ashes is another one. It's not one that we've – I haven't played it yet. I mean, I have it. And I won't, we want to get into it. There's a lot. There's so many card games that like we really want to. There's keep. so many games. There, there is, but like for us, it's we're like <laughs> the card games. <laughs> um, okay, so now 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 we want to touch on like the reasons we think you should play these expandable and living card games. I mean, number one, they are they're awesome. I mean, they they really are. Um, they're some of the most fun that I've had playing a tabletop game ever. Um, the gameplay variety is so cool because again, like for me coming, like coming from magic, right. As a big player of magic, these types of games give me a really big, big variety, like in terms of not only gameplay, but also like the story elements. And I found that really in Marvel, um, Arkham Horror and Lord of the Rings, Mm -hmm. like, 
it's to me like it's so cool the way that I'm able to play through these stories and these narrative elements that I'm actually playing through that and not just I am slapping these cards down mm-hmm. and like I'm playing a 1v1 game in Magic. Now, like the lore in Magic is cool, but like you're not playing th- and again, like I'm talking about this in terms of Magic cuz it's what I'm most familiar with. Like the lore in Magic is very cool, but I'm not getting into like if I want to get into the lore, I have to like seek it out yeah. and research it. You have to or read actively go find yes. it. It's not something that's just directly inside these cards. Like you have to open a book, and I don't say that in a bad in a bad way at all. But <laughs> or but, figuratively, yeah. you literally <laughs> have to open a book. Yes, <laughs> you do, you do. But with Arkham Horror, Marvel Champions, Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. the book is the game. Yeah, like as as we're. And that's one of my favorite parts. When I first got into Arkham Horror, I've got these cards, and I'm and like Jim will tell you, and Michael uh, who's been on the show, <laughs> played them with him. He'll tell you too. Um, like I'm really getting into the story yeah. as I'm reading the cards. I love doing that. I don't yeah. want anyone else reading those <laughs> cards. But the first time I played, I think it was Arkham Horror. I played it with Michael. Like as I'm reading, it, he's like he goes to he goes. Have you ever played a D and D? It's like because I think you'd really like it. <laughs> Lo and behold, I did. <laughs> but like again, if like if you enjoy D and D, isn't the experience at least somewhat relatively similar? Yeah. From a, from a DM standpoint. Yeah, because like you know you have the the adventure cards in Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. It's telling you the story of what it is that you're even finding, and mm-hmm. then it's like, all right, now go through the the monster deck, go pull X spider or whatever it is, yeah. you know. Right. And so then it's um, you're you're just going through the forest or going through the mountain ranges mm-hmm. and whatever it is, and it's just. It's taking you there emotionally as yeah. well, yeah. Rather than just being like, "Oh, I play this card, two damage, blah blah blah," you know. The fr- the um, when I when I first started playing Arkham Horror, the card game, like that was yes, I'm playing through the story and I'm really getting into the mm-hmm. story, right? And as I'm playing it, like the monster cards or whatever, like came out and they're like legit chasing you around the makeshift board that you make with yeah. more cards yeah. and you're like okay i i have literally one last shot to to beat this guy and i'm like cuz because <laughs> one of one of the aspects of arkham horror is like you is a random it's like a randomized bag almost yeah. of these tokens that you pull so i'm like i'm reaching and i'm like did i did i did i die or did yeah. i actually get it and like i was on my seat it was it was so much fun now, I, I also remember in um, Arkham Horror mm-hmm. and Lord of the Rings there being a lot more story to it, but I don't remember it so much in Marvel Champions. So, okay, it's there. It's there. But I think – think It's just not as prevalent. It's, it, it does not take as big a front seat. Okay. Now, especially especially with um, the initial cam- – the core box, mm. it's not as prevalent, especially with Rhino. Like Rhino yeah. – the his scenario is one card. Mm-hmm. There's more um, um, uh, villains and bosses that what they're trying to do is over the course of four or five cards, for instance. So there's more there's more story elements there. Okay. Um. So like Rhino is there's not a ton of story there. Okay. But it is there. That is and, the only one we've played. <laughs> so. Uh, you mean from, on the channel? 
Well, oh, for we, me in general, because you played Arkham, you've played Arkham. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm. Sorry. My bad. I was talking about Rhino scenario. Oh, okay, and okay, yeah, 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 sure, understood. I got you. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you'll see. You'll see the more mm-hmm. we play it, how like how um, each villain is different, and then with the later boxes, like they introduce campaigns mm-hmm. where you're taking your hero and then playing through multiple different uh, stories. Okay, um, which we've which we've won larger narrative experience together. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested in, like, Mad Titan Shadow, I think, was the expansion that really first introduced that to the game. Okay. Um, so it's there. And I'm and with Marvel Champions being relatively newer, I'm interested to see how it evolves as a game the more, like, the more content that comes out for it. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested, like, with the new Sinister, the Sinister Motive set, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with that one for sure. Um, so the next thing, I mean, we talk about gameplay variety, but just also the versatility and the replayability. Mm-hmm. So like Marvel Champions, like you take Rhino, for instance. You have so many different heroes. Like we said, there's 20-some-odd heroes right now. You could play that same scenario with not only each different hero, but each hero built around a different aspect. Yes. Like that building is huge. We haven't... In, in, yeah, we'll talk about that here in a second. But like the the replay, and I've said this even about deck building games. That's mm-hmm. it's it's a similar thing. But the the ver- the replayability f- level is so high yep. on on all these games. Um, even even the story elements, like you know what's gonna happen. Like building a deck to go through that. Like, you've got different decks. You're still experiencing it for the first time with this deck. Mm-hmm. So, like, the replayability is very cool. Um, also, the ability to play these games solo. Yeah. You know, we talked last week all about solo gaming. Um, but when I was looking into, because before I started coming to uh, Grapple, I didn't have people to play these games with. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how, like, what games are out there that I can actually play to get into, you know, tabletop? And then I found I found I found Fantasy Flight, mm-hmm. <coughs> and then these card games. I'm like, how in the world can you play? Can you play a card game by yourself? Because again, when I thought card game at the time, I'm thinking Magic, Pokemon, right, and mm-hmm. Yu Gi Oh, like that. I knew it was one v one, but you can you can experience these stories solo, um, and true solo at that. Meaning mm-hmm. you're not you don't have two different you know hand. you're not playing two different you're not decks two playing two different decks two yeah. different characters for instance yeah um so the next thing we've got i've got the amount of different types of experiences and stories that are out there in this genre it's fantastic and more and more coming so we've talked about the ones that marvel marvel champions lord of the rings arkham horror you also have earthborn rangers which mm-hmm. i'm very we're looking forward to we talked about that before um vampire the masquerade rivals is another expandable card game right from renegade game studios um but like if you enjoy like the fan the fantasy elements just the different types of story um, like if you're very imaginative, which if you're in this type of this space, this hobby space, you probably are. <laughs> <laughs> um, like there's so many different stories that that really are, are out there, and they're most of them are really good stories too. Um, like if you don't, it, it's a lot of fun. Um, okay, and let's see if I, I don't think I brought this article up, 
But there is, and we've talked about this site before as well, Dicebreaker. Um, but there's an article from Dicebreaker. Um, they said best card games that are collectible and expandable card games that are not Magic the Gathering. Um, some we've talked about. So they have, they say Keyforge. Keyforge is very interesting. It's a unique deck game. It really doesn't fall in, it falls outside of what we're talking about. Yeah, I don't know what I'd classify that as. Like they classify it as a unique deck game. That's what it's called, unique deck game? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not wrong. Yeah, because each deck is not like any other I thought you were just saying, like, generic words for it. Well, that's all I could think of. It's just a unique thing. Well, because it is. Because each deck is the only deck there is for the game. You don't deck build. You don't have a card pool. You buy a deck, and that is your deck for the game. Yeah, you buy one pack, yes. and it's the entire deck of, yes. like, 30 cards so or something? So it's, it's on hiatus now uh, mm. because there's a problem with the algorithm. Um, it, it's, it's weird, but it, they're, not, they're not producing the game right now. Mm-hmm. That um, happened it's not in dead. August or September Yeah, or it happened uh, late last year. No. Um, so, yeah, so Keyforge is a thing, and we haven't played it yet. I want to. I've mm-hmm. actually got a starter. I've got a starter deck. I've only played Couple. it one time. You've played I it? I got destroyed <laughs> to a board wipe. <laughs> <laughs> you would. <laughs> He's an aggro players typically yeah. get destroyed to board wipes yeah. anyway. So um, Ashes, they talk about Rise of the Phoenix Born. Yu-Gi-Oh! Speed Duel. Speed Duel. Okay, you need to tell me. So with Yu-Gi-Oh, what is the difference between Speed Duel and these other formats? Speed Duel is something they made to bridge the gap of people from normal or taking people from Yu-Gi-Oh Duel Links, which is on PC and mobile, to try and get them into the actual card game. Okay. So in normal Yu-Gi-Oh, you you can have five monster zone and then five uh, back row or spell and trap cards. Okay. And... Dual links and speed duel, you can only have three in the front and three in the back. Oh, and I think okay. it's I think it's four thousand life points, so it also cuts it in half as well <laughs> okay. for both of these games. So it just so goes it a lot faster. Picks, uh, okay, it's a faster it's a faster yeah. format. Okay, yeah. All right. So they also have Sorcerer, which I hadn't heard of. I don't know what Sorcerer is. Mm. Um, they have Legends of the Five Rings, the card game, which is a living card game, but it is dead now. Um, yeah. It is not being manufactured by FFG anymore. Um, Final Fantasy trading card game. So like I said, I knew there was one out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Doomtown Reloaded. Haven't heard of that. Pokemon, the trading card game. Star Realms slash Hero Realms. I like how they put the other big... Two on there, except uh, yeah. all except. Well, but we're they, not going to say well, magic. Yeah, but they said they said yeah, big. They said card games that aren't <laughs> magic. So again, again, this is this is definitely from the U.S. Yeah, because again, we we talked about before the different markets, right? <laughs> um, they they've got Star Realms and Hero Realms, which mm-hmm. those are deck builders. Those are great. Um, I do want to play those on the channel as well. Um, Game of Thrones, the card game. That's another. That's a competitive living card game. Mm. Uh, it's not. It's not being made anymore. Um, but that was also Fantasy Flight. A games. lot of competitive uh, living card games aren't being made anymore. And the next one, Android Netrunner, is another one. Is <laughs> another one. And I've heard that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the thing. Like, I'm interested to see where this genre goes mm. in the future. Um, because like Marvel Champions is doing fantastic. I feel like. 
again, as someone who's a rel- a relative newcomer to the tabletop scene, mm-hmm. I do feel like Fantasy Flight is making good card games. Yeah. Um, so, like, again, Arkham, Arkham Marvel, and Lord of the Rings, they've just, they've knocked it out of the park. Um, okay, the last thing I want to touch on is deck building. Deck building is a lot of fun. It Initially, for me, it was very intimidating. <laughs> and for a lot of people, deck building can be very intimidating. Um, but it is so much fun, and it is so, it is so rewarding. Um, mm-hmm. I do feel like almost that we're going to ha- we, we'll have to uh, talk about deck building on its own episode. Because there's so many things you can talk about <laughs> when you talk about deck building. Like... You you're, you're, you can be building a deck to solve a problem. You can be building a deck to counter the metagame. Like, what kind of deck are you trying to build? Like, you have to answer that question first. Um, I mean, Jim, like, that's your thing, right? You, I you love, love deck it. building. The theory crafting that comes into all of this stuff. Although, so it's been a long time since I've been... Uh, I, I don't even know what to say. The, um, the, it's been a long time since you've sat down and actually brewed like and, a real deck. No, no, no. I'm, I'm more so thinking of like intimidated by deck building. But one game recently, okay, Flesh and Blood. When I first got into oh, that game, yeah. yeah, there's okay. So you can have one card, but it's in three different colors oh, yeah. essentially, and they yeah. all have different damage yeah. and. And resource, yeah. not cost, but uh, resource generation, yeah. yep. right? So you can, it's red, yellow, and blue. Red is the most aggro. Blue is the most resource generation. Mm-hmm. And so you take the cards from your hand, put them into the discard, and depending on what the pitch cost is, so it can give you between one and three, right? Mm-hmm. And now you're thinking like, all right, well, I want to build an aggro deck. So you would think I'm just going all red. Well, except now you need to pay attention to how much actual mana those red cards cost. Yeah. And now you have to start throwing in that also many blue cards. Yeah. And then it's like, all right, well, now there are some really good class-specific yellow cards that just work extremely well. So now what do I take out from this mm-hmm. for flat damage to now start comboing? And it's just like, so you can have nine of the exact same card in your deck, mm-hmm. three of them in every single color. Deck building, <clears throat> deck, flesh and blood is ridiculous. It is, and like honestly, the the biggest thing with deck building is you really have to have a super solid understanding of the game that you're trying to build a deck around, like yeah. a deck for. Yeah, um, like that is that is a hard step one. You've got to know that before anything. Mm-hmm. Like your next thing is okay. What am I trying to do? Am I trying to solve a problem? What is my goal with this deck that I'm I I trying to make a funny deck, mm-hmm. <laughs> which like I've, I love doing that in commander. Yeah. I, I enjoy doing that in commander. Um, or am I trying to build a deck to just hose over one of my other friends who's playing a commander that I absolutely hate and who wins every time because then he has to lose. Is that what you're trying he's to do? He's talking about Golos. I'm not, is, that, is that what he's trying to do? Am I? Am I? He is. <laughs> I spilt that deck solely, solely to beat Golos. <laughs> that was the reason I built Golos. <laughs> <laughs> it does pretty well. Oh, yeah. It does and, pretty and, well. And that's one of my favorite decks yeah. now. It's a lot of fun. But with deck building, like we can go on and on. And honestly, I kind of want to. I know he wants to. Um, we, I'll save it. Yeah, 
Yeah, we 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 really could. Um so um all right, so that's 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 kind of this episode. Like do you have like have you ever played expandable living card games? If you have, like what are some of the ones that you enjoy? Do you like have you played Marvel Champions? Have you played Arkham? Have you played Lord of the Rings? Let us know down below. Um Jim, where can people find you on the interwebs? Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, all of the random stuff uh, at Jim Morgan HNH. You can find me on Instagram at Daniel.G.Campbell and on Twitter at underscore DG Campbell. And you can find Hobbies and Happiness on just about every social media platform at Hobbies Happiness as well. Thanks for being here, everybody. Jim, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I enjoyed was. that. Um, <laughs> we'll have to. We'll have to talk about deck building soon, too. So, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm always ready. <laughs> so thanks, everybody, for being here, and we will catch you in the next episode. See you, everybody. Take care.